Welcome, my friends, to Shaking the Salt with Dr. Peppers. My bio reads from troubled teen to teacher of the year, 100-pound weight loss, blah, blah, blah. You know the sort of thing you're working on in your before and after life story. So at the end of the message, stay tuned if you want to contact me for any reason, including prayers. Thank you. And I'm Dr. Peppers, Shaking the Salt. Here we go. So where is your God now? Can anybody tell me where God is in the middle of all of this? Those of us that are believers have heard a lot of sarcasm in the past, but right now in our beloved America, and I say our as all-inclusive to all Americans, where is our God? If you're a fellow believer with me, where's God? I won't say, where is your God? Although I've had people say, where is your God now? Is your God in the midst of this virus? Is your God in the midst of all of this racial division? Is your God in the midst of all of this death and killing and slaying? And this isn't the America I grew up in. Where's God gone? Okay. Let's talk about this. Last night in one of our viral Bible studies, a beautiful friend of mine, African-American, and I got into a dialogue. I mean, a true dialogue, openly, honestly talking, although you could tell we both had our reservations. I'll admit I'm being very careful with my black friends. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to step on their toes. But if we're believers in Christ, the majority of our belief system far outweighs what we feel politically, um, what our political correctness values are, how we think about anything religious, the religiosity behind it all. I'm sick of all of that, too. And let's just openly talk about where is God, because my friend, I'll call her Trish and I, Trish and I are both believers in God through Christ. We're both church members. We both pray together. We read the Bible together. We've been in a Bible study together all of this year. And yet we were able to have this open dialogue where I understand some things more from her perspective in the midst of this. She even was kind of... um, uh, nudgingly, like, okay, you grew up in an integrated society. I thought I did, but she made me see that even though I thought it was integrated, we all went to school together in 1954, Brown versus Board of Education. Well, she's from Topeka, where that actually took place, and she knew it well. And when she started probing, she asked me things about my innate prejudice that I didn't even know. Like hair, for example. A black person's hair is totally different than a little white Caucasian with straight blonde hair. But I have had dark brown, kinky, curly hair all of my life, so I could relate a lot better to my African-American friends. But that's from my point of view, not from hers. Even though when I started teaching, my early career, my first student teaching was in Theodore, Alabama, and they had just integrated after having 
two separate but equal schools. Do you remember what those were? George Wallace was the governor of Alabama at this time, and they had complied with the Board of Education, Brown versus Board of Education, by saying these children are all getting equal schools. They're built the same. They have the same number of classrooms. They all have the same number of teachers, same number of books, blah, blah, blah. And they did, but they were not integrated. There were no white students in the black schools, and there were no black students in the white schools. And my little hometown of Clarksville, Missouri, had been that way through the 30s and the 40s, and there was a black school. My dad often talked about it. He and his white friends would go to Clarksville School while he and would watch their black friends um, called Colored Friends. That's a word that you don't want to use. Now, you can say people of color. See, I, I need to know this. I don't want to offend. I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be someone who can share Christ openly and honestly with my friends. So my dad, even though they would play together and play ball all afternoon and even spend the night at each other's houses, they did not have integrated schools. Even after schools integrated, what have been the most segregated parts of our society? Churches. I would love for everyone to go to my church from St. Louis. Since my husband and I have moved here, it's different. But our church in St. Louis, Twin Rivers Worship Center, log on there and watch our former pastor, Joe Dobbins, with four of the other church staff members who are all African-American, they too have an open, honest dialogue. I watched this with my jaw dropping open because there were still things that were said and hurts that I can't even imagine ever having felt because of the way I was born, the color of my skin. I really think that the best that can come from this, as my friend Trish last night said, the best that has come from this is I have seen people nodding at me in stores. I've seen people smiling at me. I've seen white people really wanting to get together. And I do. I'm one of those. I will raise my hand. For some of you that are listening that do not feel that way, maybe you were raised in a society that was totally different, where you did not intermingle with people of different races and religions. But I guess even when Trish says that she kind of doesn't take offense at it, but she steps back when I say, I didn't see color growing up. Yes, I did. I saw color. I didn't try to think better of myself than others, but it was different. Our skin colors were different. I see different colors of hair. I see different colors in eyes. And so there are certain things that it's not like we have to walk on eggshells now. But if we really want to get together, we have to admit, even those of us that have had African-American friends throughout our entire lives, literally, we still have differences just in our culture. And my husband and I have traveled in 65 foreign countries, so we know differences in culture. I love to go on cultural or missionary trips. I don't want to be a tourist seeing all of the little pre-planned shows and things that they have for you that resemble their society. I don't want to see that. 
I want to meet the people. I want to get down with them and not down and dirty. I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm going to get down with these people now. That's another thing. Do we try to use slang that sounds like another culture? We found ourselves even in Cuba doing things that were Hispanic sounding because we thought, well, that fits right in. No, it doesn't. We are different, but we are brought together under one God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. I don't want our Constitution taken away. I don't want history rubbed out, but I want to know how to implement it in the next chapter of history here. I hate that my my friends and family members are torn between the issue of statues being brought down and words being changed and historical things. I hate that, but that is not what I hate more. More. I hate seeing one of my lifelong friends crying. I hate remembering how it was at the University of Alabama with my friend Diane, who first told me about growing up in 1950s in Alabama. All I'm asking is, let's learn. Let's use this horrific time, this chapter in our history that is hurting so many of us. Along a racial divide, let's be honest, let's not sweep it under the rug and pretend, no, we are all the same. And we are in God's eyes. He doesn't see differences. But we're all different. I see differences in height. I certainly see differences in weight. I was bullied as a little chubby kid. My husband is short. He was made fun of for being short, but he's always felt tall. And now that I've lost weight, I don't see people staring at me when I walk in saying, ooh, look at the fat girl. But you know what? You can't change the color of your skin like you can't change your height. So to all of my friends out there, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on bringing the races together. And I hate what's happening in America, just as Trish said she does. So let's change our own little corner of the world, because we can't change the world. So let's do what we can where we are and see what God says. He said, you are all one. And he says, humble yourself. He says, do not think of yourself higher than others. So God, I'm putting you first. And when I do, I put my brothers and sisters next, because the second of this great command is to love one another as you love yourself, as I have loved you. God, right now, I pray for those who have already turned this off because they have found it offensive one way or the other. I pray for those who are still listening, but maybe have a stiff neck saying, where are you going with all of this? And I pray for all of those who have had to face injustice of any kind, because of your race, your religion, your weight, your height, your age, anything. We've all been made fun of. We've all been put down. And God, none of us like it. So let us be the peacemaker you've called us to be, not to sweep differences away, but to openly talk about it, to make friends with other cultures. And God, thank you for all of my friends that are listening now from many countries where we constantly are in contact with our friends in Europe, in Asia, in Africa, and in Australia. And so my answer to your question, so where is God now? Where's your God in the midst of all of this? 
I'll tell you where he is. He's right by us. He's at the same place he was as he watched his son shed blood and die for our sins that we might be forgiven and now live for him. If you have trusted in Christ as your Savior, he sticks closer than a brother. He is with you constantly, day in and day out. He gives you that ability to draw in others. He gives you the ability to not be prejudiced because he is not prejudiced. And yet he also gives you the ability to be a peacemaker. I truly believe that. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. We sang it as little children. We sang red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. What about the big children of the world? He loves us too. So let's intentionally try to be a peacemaker, one who represents Christ as an ambassador for Christ, and one who can proudly stand before God one day and say, I loved all of my brothers and sisters. Now let's all join hands and sing Kumbaya. Just kidding. I know that some of you will think this just sounds like namby-pamby. Let's just, can't we all just get along? But I truly ask you to do a self-reflection, to find one of your closest friends of a different race, of a different culture, and have a dialogue with them. Listen to them. Don't talk. Listen. We want to get our point out there and we will have a chance. But first, listen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. Thanks for sticking with me on this one. I spoke my piece, and now I'm going to live it, Lord willing. I'm Dr. Pepper, shaking the salt. Thanks for staying on, my friend. If you would like to contact me, visit saltandlightministry.com. If you want to share your story with me, ask a question, have me come speak to your group, or maybe just request prayer. Once again, saltandlightministry.com. Thanks and God bless.